journey into a collection of talks that is that is I titled as you can see it on the screen it's it's taken it's taken what is that one word when you see this graphic over here I know it looks like more like a a, a, a thriller kind of a, 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 you know a graphic but I want to bring your attention to it all I want to share my heart through taken here is that we might have taken part one part two and part three and 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 and, and, and if you if you if you if you are watching us and being part of the service I want you to play pay close attention to the entire series because I want to take us on a journey of end end times, end times, end times, a collection of talks on end times. And, and the reason why, and the reason why I try, I'm trying to do this is because almost two months ago in my prayer, prayer closet, when I was praying, uh, I heard this word taken. I heard this word taken. And I thought maybe it's a movie word, you know, it's, it's just heard this word taken. And I'm like, after that, I was just meditating and, and then looking through the scriptures and also the way uh, everything was unfolding in our world today. I come to the understanding that this is the time and season God wants to prepare his church for the return of the almighty God. Are you with me, church? So I am not going to dig deeper into every single aspect of the book of Revelation or Daniel or Malachi or the book of Jude or First Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm not going to dig deeper. But what I'm trying to do is prepare ourselves. Prepare ourselves. Sunday morning, I believe that I want to preach the truth of the living God. I want to equip my church and prepare the bride that God has given uh, under my leadership to be prepared. And I pray Holy Spirit will help each one of us during this season and time. And the reason why I've taken this title as taken is because one fine day, one day, I don't know when. I wish I knew it. But, you know, I'll tell you, Jesus himself doesn't know that day. One day, the church, that is we, not the building, not the cool aesthetic stuff that we have, not the camera, not nothing, nothing of this. But it is us, the church, the bride of the living God will be taken with him. And that is the hope of a New Testament church. If you're watching us for the very first time on Zion Church's page, I want to ask you if you're watching us for the very first time and you, you, you come across and you see this word here and I want to ask you to stay with us a little longer because I want to help you that when the bride, when the groom, our Jesus comes back on the day, on the day and, and we pray that we will be with Him. Are you with me church? The, that's the blessed hope of the New Testament church. And I know most of us here might have been baptized when you were 12 or 13 or 14 and a series of Sunday school lessons was taken and pastors and parents and they scared you with movies like Left Behind and all of that stuff, which is good. And I love watching the Left Behind and the entire collection of them. And I was like, oh no, I don't want to be left behind. I want to be with Jesus because I don't want to be in a place of chaos and zombies and all these, all these, in a place where there is total confusion. I don't want to be in this place. I want to be with my maker because God, Jesus has gone to prepare and I want to be in a place that I enjoy everything God has prepared for me. Are you with me? Today, I want to bring your attention to something called us. Today's title of my sermon is not surprised, not surprised, undertaken. Today, I want to linger around. The, the, the content is around, not surprised. Let's read a scripture. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 4. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 4. 
it says, but you are not in darkness. Brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You see a lot of those scriptures talk to us about. You know, uh, Paul is writing to the, Thess- the church in Thessalonica and, and telling them about the coming of Jesus, the imminent coming of Jesus. How many years has it been since Jesus was taken to heaven? Almost 2,000 plus years, right? So listen to this. End times did not begin when coronavirus started hitting people. Are you with me? Man, I'm telling you, my, 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 my phone was flooded with all you know, people from, who graduated from WhatsApp University. Some of them only graduated from that theological school. It's called the WhatsApp Theological International School, whatever. And I've been flooded with, hey, this is the end times, coronavirus and all that stuff. Well, I'm not negating the fact that this might be, or this is, not just might, a sign of the end times. But end times did not begin when coronavirus started in 2020. In fact, I love this portion. In the year 2000, I was in Bangalore, India, and somebody said, the world is going to end. And I think I was 8th or ninth grade, I, I forgot, I forgot. But um, you know, somebody said, the, the world is going to end. And I remember, I was going to my mom and I said, Mom, before the world ends, I was very young, okay? I, I told my mom, before the world ends, I want to get married. <laughs> it's funny. Because you know, the world is going to end. Might as well get married and die, right? Enjoy life. I've been enjoying life ever since I'm married. And I love this portion here. And especially during this season of end times, I was talking to a soon-to-be wedded young family. And they said, Pastor Justin, you know, the world is going to end this year. I wish I was married two years ago. It's funny. But listen to this. Listen to this. But you are not in, the word is, you're not in darkness. Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica that, hey, brothers and sisters, listen to this very carefully. You are not in darkness. I don't want you to find yourself in darkness. What does it mean? That you are under the impression that there is nothing good going to come out in this season. You are under the impression that there is something that is hidden from you. You are under the impression that there's something not as, you know, nothing is visible to you during this season. If we turn off all the house lights, y'all will freak out. And maybe not you guys, but on the online media, you will have the chats go fly on. You're like, what's going on? Why is there so much darkness? But if there's darkness all around in this building, you wouldn't see a single thing. You might hear me, but you got to have vision to see. And during this writing here, you see Paul is writing the church of Thessalonica and letting them know, brothers, you got to know that you are not in darkness. Why does Paul say that? Because the moment you accept Christ as your personal Savior, there is an enlightenment that happens within you. Are you with me, church? Hallelujah. When you accept Christ as your personal Savior, can I have one of, our, one of my team just bring me that umbrella light and connect it here so that I can just show it as an illustration. I know I've showed this uh, once before, but somebody just help me with that umbrella light here. 
When you accept Christ as your personal Savior, when you accept Christ as your personal Savior, listen to this. When you accept Christ as your personal there's something that enlightens in you. You're no longer in. What's the word? You're no longer in darkness. You're no longer in darkness. But God enlightens you to see the truth of Him coming back to the see the truth of Him being the King and the Lord and the host of our life who will take us to eternity. And that's why Paul is reminding to the church here. Paul is reminding to the church here. Is this on? Is Paul is reminding to the, to the church here. Paul is reminding to the church here. You know what? I, if I, I might be in, in, a, in a place of, of complete darkness. I might be in a place of complete darkness. That's what my life story is. That's how I was. That's how I am about. That's, how, that's, 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 that's about my life. That's about my life. I was in complete darkness. But guess what happens? When I accept Christ as my personal Savior, the light of His glory shines in my life. The light of His glory shines in my life. And no longer I am in darkness. He enlightens me. I have a new vision. I have a new direction. I am walking away from the walk that I was used to. I am walking away from the path that the, the, the world was taking me. But today when I receive Christ as my personal Savior, this light of His glory shines through my life. And that's why wherever you go, people recognize you. When you light up something, people see the darkness. People see that light, right? Darkness has to flee when you light up a candle. When you light up, darkness has to flee. Do you ask, why is people noticing me? It's because there is something different in you than in the world. The light of His glory is radiating in your heart, in your life. It shows through your behavior, your conduct. And that prepares you for the great day of His coming. And that's why I want to tell you that when Jesus comes to Take us, or in other words, when I will be taken, I see myself under the radiance of His glory. Thank you so much, team. I will see myself under the radiance of His glory. His light shines in my life. And that's why Paul is reminding the church in Thessalonica and says that, but you are not in darkness. Everybody watching me online, you, my life might seem to be that you are in darkness, but today I declare the light of the living God is going to shine in your life. And I believe in the name of Jesus, everything that attracted darkness to your life is taken away. Are you with me, church? Everything that attracted darkness in your life is taken away. You are sons and daughters of the light. You are carriers of the light. The light of His radiance shines in your life. Not surprised. Not surprised. And that's where I want to take our attention to. How many times, is there anybody who likes surprises? Like my son Josiah, he might be watching me. He loves surprises. One day, I was walking home. I was going, you know, I, it was Sunday. And he prepared a surprise for me. 
And I didn't know I was on phone call. I was call, on call with somebody. And I, he wanted that I, 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 before I walk into the house, that he will lead me to the surprise. I opened the door straight away, went to the living room. He got really upset and mad because all the surprise he prepared did not surprise me at all. And after that, I had to, you know, sometimes as a dad or as a mom, you have to play those games where, um, you know, you, 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 your children will catch up to it. You know, in other words, you know, I walked in and because now he's, he, he, he wanted to throw that surprise. I, I had to show my face that, oh my, Josiah, did you do this? I had to show myself surprised by what he was trying to do this. I don't know if you are ever surprised by things, you know. I'll, I'll, I'll bring your attention to a story that happened to me. And today I'm sharing a lot of my stories because I've been kind of keeping it and tab for the last four weeks. And I had to let it go, let it go, right? So, you know, when I was maybe, I think so, in my eighth or ninth grade for a final paper, for a final term paper, you know, we were all preparing. My, my friends, I think it was ninth or tenth grade, my, my friends and everybody, we were preparing, we were studying for it. And, and, and then one of our friends walked into our group combined study and said that, hey, you know what? Guess what I have? He brought a paper with him and he said, I have the question paper for tomorrow's final exam. I don't know if you have ever been there. That's a messed up story, but I'm going to share it with you. And this friend of mine brought the final term paper, the question paper, which would be given to us tomorrow, but somehow it got leaked. And he got a copy of it and he got it to our group. And I'm like, what in the world is this? First of all, that surprised me, right? That surprised me. And now because, because of the paper in our hands, we wanted to study. And I'm like, okay, I took charge. I'm like, let's study hard, right? What if we have the paper and we again, we fail, right? Let's study hard. We know the answers, right? We keep a straight face, write the exam. We will be the top scorers in our class. Let's do it. You know what? I go to my class the next morning and along with me are my, my gang. We all go to our class and we, we sit down to write the, the, our exam and our teacher walks in. Our teacher walks in with a smile and, and she greets everybody and you know she gives the, the term paper, uh, the final term paper to everybody and I'm like, I'm so confident. I'm like, you know, this is it, man. I'm going to be, this is the, I'm going to be the, the I'm going to get the best grades ever and this is it. This is fantastic. And, 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 and I opened the paper, look at the questions, and it surprised me because every question was different. Think about it. Every single question was different. The teacher somehow got to know that the paper was leaked and the whole class had it, not just me or my gang, the whole class had it. She changed the entire question paper overnight. And she came into the class and after she gave the term paper, she's like, are you all surprised? That's the question she asked. And we all laughed and smiled. We wrote what we know, but nobody passed. <laughs> have you been in those places where life or things have caught you with surprise? Something happens to your life. It, it, it surprises you. You know, sometimes you know, some people surprise me because, you know, we think that they are not good at all, but something good will come out of their life and it surprises. I'm like, I didn't even think that you could do it. People always surprise us. There are things in our life that surprises us. But in, in the book of Thessalonians, Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica that there should be nothing that surprises you about end times. And that's where I want to take a journey into. 
About end times, you know what, when, when there is a war that happens, when there is coronavirus or any sort of confusion that goes around in our world, immediately people jump into the conclusion, oh, this is end times. Can I tell you, the moment Jesus left earth, our end times began. Let me repeat that once again for the hearing impaired here. When Jesus left earth, in other words, on the ascension of Jesus, the day, the day Jesus ascended, what happened? What happened? Disciples were gathered. Jesus is lifted high. And the clouds came and covered him. After that, what happens? What happens after that? He saw the disciples or two angels come down. What did the angels say? You will see Jesus come back the same way he was lifted up. Can I tell you, the beginning of end days began the day Jesus left earth. It did not begin today or yesterday or when coronavirus started in August or, you know, in, 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 in sorry, January or February. No, it started when Jesus left earth. And from that day onwards, the New Testament church, the church that the apostles laid foundations for, they're always prepared that Jesus is going to come back in their lifetime. Are you with me? The disciples preached. Paul planted churches and that's all you see in Thessalonians. And wherever the disciples went, they preached the message about Jesus is going to come back in their lifetime, which was 2,000 years ago. And it's been 2,000 years, we haven't yet seen a sign. Is that what you think? All through 2,000 years, you've been seeing enough signs going and showing to the world that Jesus is coming back. But guess what happens? Sometimes because the wait is too long, we get carried away. And that's what has happened to the church today. Because we've been waiting for too long, Many other things have got on our plate. Many other things have got on our schedule. Many other things have got on our life. And we have lost the thought about the second coming of Jesus Christ. During this entire series, I want to take your attention towards and bring you this affirmation. Jesus is coming back. It might happen right now, right here. Or it might happen tomorrow or in coming days. It might happen one day. Do not lose hope. And that's why as a Christian, as a child of the living God, every single moment that we get to live in this world, live in a way that you are a stranger to this world and you're a citizen of heaven. You will be taken to be with Him. We do a lot of things for our life. We, 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 we study, we, we earn, we, we have bungalows and we have a lot of things which is all good. I pray that God will bless you with all of earthly riches and blessings as a child of the living God. But do not get caught up. Sometimes, sometimes, listen to this very carefully if you are in this building or no matter. Sometimes the resources that we accumulate can entangle us. Are you with me? I remember... One son, Amachi, when she was young, the Amachi prayed to God, God, I need a good job. I need a good job. God blessed her. The Amachi was young. She prayed. And God blessed her with a good job. Good job. Then she prayed, God, I need a good family. 
God gave her a good family. She prayed, God, I need a good house. God gave her a good house. She prayed, God, I need a good dog. She had a good dog. She, she went and bought a good dog. Everything is set up now. And life is so much entangled her because she got busy with everything. I'm not saying you shouldn't have these things. You should. But don't lose your priority. Do not get our life be entangled in the riches of this world that we lose focus of the coming of Jesus Christ. In other words, listen to this. Some people are so caught up about science that they lost their thought about who the signs are for. Are you with me? Some people are so caught up about signs. Oh, that is happening. This is happening. This is all end times. When I talk to some of our Apajans, you know, Avusana Varshangalana. Every generation has their own taste of what the end world looked like. And I would say that today's generation, we are very close. We are getting at the, you know, the, the, the pastor at Gateway Church. I love this man of God, um, uh, Pastor um, Evans. I um, forgot his first name. Pastor Evans, he, this is how he, he, he puts end times. He puts, our world is on a tipping point. Any moment it can happen. We are seeing enough signs of it. Can I tell you, before the rapture, there are some signs that has to take place in the world. Or in other words, there are some trumpets. According to the book of Revelation, you see the seven trumpets. We will look into that in a following uh, 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 session, uh, mo most likely in, in, a, in, in a week or next week. Next week, I have something else prepared. But in a week or two, we will look into that seven trumpets. There are seven trumpets that you see. Can I tell you, our generation or in the last 100 years, we have already seen the opening of five trumpets. In the last 100 years, I'm just taking the time into, you know, like when I say 100, in between 75 to from the, in the formation of Israel and all those things, which is all recorded in the Bible. He's going to come back. It is all happening around us. I'm not here to scare anybody. The big problem is that when I was growing up in my Sunday school or in my youth group, our, our leaders put the movie left behind and it scared us to death. Almost felt like I don't want to be there. Can I tell you, the coming of Jesus should be as reason for you to celebrate. Not to sit back and say, I'm scared. It doesn't matter because you will be with Jesus. Are you a child of the living God? There is nothing you have done that keeps you out in the way from the graciousness of our Savior. But hey, if He has covered your sins... If you have wandered away and you have come back to His grace, remain faithful until the coming of Jesus Christ. That's what we say when you take water baptism. I'm reminded the last time we took water baptism, we gave water baptism was for Darlene and when she was in the water. And before that, I was teaching her and um, as we were teaching her, Anisha and I, I was telling her, you know, one of the words that we will say and I want you to do, don't forget that word. It is remain faithful until Jesus comes back and you shall receive the crown of life. Church, do not lose our focus. Do not lose our focus. Do not be surprised. As a children of God, don't be surprised by what is happening in this world. 
There might be coronavirus now. There might be something else two months later. Don't be surprised by it. Don't be surprised when there's everything that goes against your plans and purposes. You and me, we are just passing through this world. Heaven is our home. Don't lose our eternity. Heaven is our home. We are, have, we are on a journey. We are on a journey. Let me bring your attention towards. Signs point towards something, right? When you are on a long drive, you always want to see the signs which says, um, you know, this is the place for you to refuel your car. This is the place for you to eat. You love the sign. When Josiah was growing up and we started at Zion Church in the year 2016 and Josiah was year and a half, going to be two um, around that time. And during this time and season, Josiah recognized McDonald's. Listen to this. We are on a long drive. So, every, you know, almost for three months, two or three months, I believe, um, we, we drove to Zion Church uh, for conducting services from Springfield, Missouri, which was six and a half, seven hours drive. And there was most of the time Josiah with us. And whenever Josiah traveled with us during that time, whenever he sees the sign McDonald's, and if McDonald's are watching me right now, I am so sorry. But whenever Josiah sees the sign of McDonald's, he remembers that he has to go for diaper change. I am so sorry. Y'all have the best coffee. I don't like anything else. Y'all the best coffee at McDonald's. But yeah, listen to this. And my youth group love McDonald's, McChicken and McSpicy Chicken. They love it. I, I feed them all the time because that's the cheapest thing that I, as on a pastoral budget, we could give them for all the work that they do. So y'all are good. God bless you. After Chick-fil-A, my love is towards you guys. But listen to this. Whenever Josiah sees the big M on the screen, and he's like, I got to change my poo. He starts crying. He doesn't know to communicate, but he will wiggle. He'll show signs that there's something wrong. Like as if he sees the sign and he passes it out. Something happens. I don't know. Signs show us to something, point us to something. Listen to this. Signs point us to something. With the signs in the world that you see, with the signs in the world that you see, what are you looking at? Are you looking at the sign, oh, end times, end times? Or are you looking at the sign and saying, Jesus is going to come back? Change your thought process, change your perspective. Are you with me, church? Oh, this is a good series that is building me. I gotta, when I see something going bad, Jesus is coming back. I live in my hope that the next moment when Christ is here with me, I will be with Him. I'm not going to sit here and suffer in this world. But when rapture happens, he will take the body of believers with him. There are different thought processes in the entire rapture. There are different thought processes. You can believe whatever you want. Whatever. You can believe in, uh, you know, the millennial, millennium race that begins before rapture, after rapture, whatever. The, the children of God will be gone with him before, after. Whatever you want to believe. But don't forget, when Jesus comes, you will be with him. In the entire book of Revelation, I have seen people decoding numbers. Number 666 is the number of Nero. The number 666 is the number of so-and-so. This is going to happen. That is going to happen. Let it all happen. Let all chaos be unleashed on earth. But when you hear the trumpet's call, do not be left behind. 
in all of Revelation, Daniel and all that. The beast coming out of the waters and all of that. All of that. When Jesus comes back, do not be left behind. That is the basic principle or the, the simple bottom message of the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation talks to us about a new world. A new order with Christ himself. He's preparing us for that. Let's look to the word as we dive into. There are signs pointers towards, towards, towards something. A Christian man was, was holding a signage and he, on his signage it said, end is near. He was standing on the highway and he said, end is near. He was holding his play car high enough for everybody passerby to see. He said, end is near. An atheist walked by, drove by. You know, he got very angry at this Christian man and he rolled his windows down. He yelled at the Christian and he said, you Christians are nuts. You're crazy. Every day you guys do the same thing. And the atheist rolled up, rolled back his windows, drove away only to find himself that he was drowning in a lake. The placard just showed that end is near for the road. The Christian came back and said, you know what? Maybe we should have changed the signage and said, you know, there is, the road is ending, caving out and, and there is there's danger ahead. But hey, listen, there are so many signs available outside. Jesus is coming back. Listen, Matthew chapter 16, verse 1 to 3 is something that I want to mention here. Write it down. Matthew chapter 16, verse 1 to 3. The Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. Jesus replied, when evening comes, listen, when evening comes, this is the words of Jesus, when evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, you said, today will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. Are you with me? We know how to interpret the weather situations outside. Like for example, if there is a, you know, it's a stormy cloud or a black thunderous cloud that approaches riches and we know it's going to storm, it's going to rain. We, we, we see things and we, we have the ability to interpret it. But when you see the signs of the world, Jesus is asking, when you see the signs of the world, do you not interpret it as it is the end times? Remember this. While Jesus is helping his disciples understand this portion, he was not left earth. He is not left earth. He's still on earth. But he is teaching them about the beginning of end times times and how to interpret it. We need to interpret the signs of the times. When we study the Bible, we understand that Jesus is coming back very, very soon. Let me repeat that. When we study the Bible, we understand that Jesus is coming back very, very soon. With all the things unfolding in this world right now, Jesus is coming back very soon. And as a church as Zion, watching us from different homes around the globe, I have a message to you. Jesus is coming back 
very soon. Listen to this. People who are prepared are not, will not be surprised. My title of today's message was not surprised. Listen to this. People who are prepared are never surprised. Like for example, early on in my scripture, I mentioned about the exam, the test, the final term paper that I was supposed to take, right? I was surprised because I was not prepared in actual for the test. I was prepared for the previous term paper and it surprised me. Listen to this. People who are prepared will not be surprised. Are you surprised today? If you are, you are not prepared. If you are prepared, nothing that happens in this world will ever surprise you. Are you with me, church? Are you with me? Listen to this. Matthew chapter 25. I'm gonna, not going to read that. Matthew chapter 25 brings us... Uh, can I have the worship team behind me? Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to wrap up here. Matthew chapter 25 gives us a parable that Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about a parable here. And He is mentioning to the people about turn virgins. What is Jesus saying about the turn virgins here? Jesus says, five of them are prepared. And the other five have not prepared. Five of them are prepared. You know, let's, 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 let's lose it. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. All ten had the lambs. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. It's a story by Jesus. The foolish ones took their lambs, so they had the lambs, but did not take any, what's the word? Oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lambs. In other words, even if the content in their jar will empty out, they have enough oil for the next supply. They are prepared for the journey. They are prepared for the event. The bridegroom was a long time in the coming. Have you been in a wedding where you are seated there and the bride and groom takes forever to show up? Forever. I was in a wedding in, in, I was in, a wedding in Bangalore. <laughs> the wedding was supposed to happen at 4 o'clock in the evening. The bride and the groom were getting ready, going to the parlor and all that, whatever they have to do. They ended up coming to church at 6.30 in the evening. For two and a half years, we were waiting. Guess what happened? When people were waiting for this long, they don't care anything. They started murmuring. Half of them left the place. It was a chaotic wedding. And if you're ever going to be married, not ever. I'm praying that all of you who are single watching me, not married people, people who are single watching me, I pray that the Lord will bless you with life partners. But listen to this. On your wedding, be on time. <laughs> the bridegroom was a long time in the coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. It's a portion of being tired that you were waiting for too long. You've lost your oomph about what is going to happen. You've lost your joy about the celebration. You've lost it all. Have you been on road trips, picnics? Where when you start, 
it's so much colorful, joyful. You all sing all the songs. But maybe two hours after the trip in a long bus, slowly everybody starts winding down. Why? Because you've lost track of it. You've lost track of it. You lost the joy. You're tired now. Verse 6, at midnight, when everybody were crying, when, sorry, when everybody was sleeping at midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up, I'm glad everybody woke up, and trimmed the lamps. All the virgins woke up, trimmed the lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, give us, I love this portion, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. In other words, they all lighted their lamps. They trimmed and lighted their lamps. But in the process of waiting and seeing their groom, what happened? Their lamps were going out. And they started borrowing. They started asking, can you give us something? Can I tell you, my friends, about the coming of Jesus Christ? About the coming of Jesus Christ? It's a personal encounter with Him. Nobody else can help you with it. I can lead somebody to salvation. I can lead somebody to accept Christ. But then after that, after that, it's a journey that you journey on all by yourself. You need the community of believers. We come around you. We come around people. That's why you need fellowship. That's why you need community. That's why you need a church. That's why you need an inner circle. Because when somebody is weak, we come around, we support them. We show them our appreciation, our love. We help them. And especially the church like ours, I want to make sure that if one brother, sister is weak, I just don't want to call them out. I want to go aside, take them aside and help them on this journey. That's the role of not just the pastor, but everybody. I'm just going to ask you this. On this question here, we see the turn virgins that are waiting, right? To turn virgins, five of them foolish and the other five. Let's just think about this for a moment. Maybe you know somebody in your group, in your community, in your inner circle, who you think to be a foolish virgin. Don't just leave them aside. Help them in the journey. Let them know, brother, I think you missed out on prayer for some time. I think you have wandered away from the grace of God for some time. It's time for you to come back in the house. It's time for you to kneel down and cry out to God. It's time for you to declare that Jesus is going to come back. Let us be prepared. Let us be prepared. Verse 9, no, they replied because nobody wants to give away at the last moment. I'm going to go, not going to go in the depth of Matthew 25. But Matthew 25 gives us the glimpse of the coming of Jesus Christ. Because in Thessalonians and also in the words of Jesus, Bible says that Jesus is going to come back like a thief. You know that if you not secure your house, anything can happen. But that does not mean that you lose your sleep and you stand outside waiting for the thief. But you prepare yourself against the thief. In other words, in other words, we are preparing ourselves. We are preparing ourselves every moment, walk of our life, that hey, Jesus is going to come back. I want to be with Him. Towards the end, I have a quote here from Benjamin Franklin, who's been a great physicist. 
leader of our nation. This is what he said, Benjamin Franklin. By failing to prepare, you're preparing to fail. Listen, by failing to prepare, you're preparing to fail. Thank you so much. By failing to prepare, you're preparing to fail. Listen to this church, no matter where you are in life journey, prepare for the return of Jesus Christ. Prepare for the return of Jesus Christ. Do not be surprised. Do not be surprised with the end times. Do not be surprised with what's going to do. Do not be surprised. He's going to come back. He's coming back very soon. With everything that we do in our world today, do it in a way that it appreciates and draws heaven nearer to you. That in the next moment, in the, if you hear, a, hear the trumpet's call, if you hear the trumpet's call, if you hear the trumpet's call, in a twinkling of eye, you will be with our Redeemer, the hope of New Testament church. In a twinkling of eye, you will be with our Redeemer. With all that you are doing right now, Lord of us, we are very comfortable in our homes and we don't have to drive, we don't have to, I'm not making you feel guilty. That's not my job, I'm not doing that. But just reminding us, there is everything available around your life today that can make you and derail you from the plans and purposes of God. In other words, there's every resource available in your life right now to make you one among the five foolish virgins. I hope my message comes thundering in your ears today. Awaken your soul. Jesus, you're going to come back. Jesus, you're going to come back. Can we all rise up in this building as we celebrate the goodness of our Savior. Today's a good day to celebrate and declare, Lord, we are here to declare that you are coming back. You are coming back. You are coming back. And with the signs happening in the world, I will not be surprised. With the signs happening in the world, I will not be surprised. Listen to this church before I wind up here. The first coming of Jesus was prophesied more than 300 times in the Old Testament. The first coming of Jesus in Bethlehem. And if the first coming of Jesus was fulfilled, proving the prophecies are fulfilled, and the prophecies were true, the second coming of Jesus is also prophesied equal number of times, not just in the New Testament, but way from the Old Testament. Listen to this very carefully. Listen to this very, very, very carefully. Wherever you are in life's journey, do not lose your hope. When you see the signs of the end world, let there be no fear. Cast out all fear. Let there be joy that I will be with my Savior. Let there be joy that at the trumpet's call, I will be with my Savior. Let there be joy. Let the trumpets call. I will be in the heavenly places with my, with my maker. I will not be surprised. 
I will not be surprised. Every eye closed, looking to the Savior's face. And I want to ask everybody to take it as a challenge. And the beginning of today's sermon series, I want to ask you this personal question. Every eye closed, not looking anywhere. If as a family you're gathered together, family members too, ask these questions to yourself. Am I prepared? Am I prepared to hear the trumpet's call? Is my life inclined towards heaven? Is my ears frequency to hear the trumpet's call? Am I prepared? If you're not, my friends, if you're not, my friends, it's totally fine. Today's a moment. Change that. Ask the Spirit of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Ask Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit was sent into this world to prepare the bridegroom, the bride, the New Testament church. Holy Spirit was sent to prepare the bride, the New Testament church. Holy Spirit, I pray over everybody, ever everybody who was lost in the sight of eternity. And I pray, God, that you will take over. And I pray, God, that you will take over their life. Spirit of the Almighty God, take over. Spirit of the living God, take over. Spirit of the living God, take over. Give us back the joy of your return. Give us back the awe of your return. Give us back, O oh Lord, the joy of counting down, Father, for the return of that great day. Let's worship the Lord. Every eye is closed. Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. Every eye closed. Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord.